The Wexford Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. There is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about next week. Really I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down. Just <laughs> County is like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. We had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Wexford Hurling Podcast. Dublin 122, Wexford 23 points. Ugh. Sometimes, Ben. Sometimes it can be difficult to put your finger on exactly what went wrong. This is probably not one of those times. No, no. Many people are saying it wasn't actually the Whites, to be honest. I, th- I, think, <laughs> I think the Whites were telling. Yep, they were, 100%. It's a steep uphill battle now for Wexford to make it out of Leinster, as we need two wins from our last two games at home to Westmead and then Kilkenny. But I've still no doubt we can do it. Do we're we're capable of doing it. On a, on another day, all those bar, balls go over the bar, and hopefully the next two days they do. Yeah, I I've seen a lot of people calling for management's head, but what I would say is let's get behind the team and the management for the last two games in Wexford Park and judge them at the end. And as I said. I still believe they can get the wins needed to get through. Yeah, that, that's fair. There was another bit of criticism, actually, Gary. What was that? After the game in Crow Park, late, later on that night, I happened to be in an establishment in Dublin, late, late night establishment, and uh, I met a fan. Oh, yeah. Fan of the show. And uh, I hadn't met him before, and now he introduced himself to me, and uh, he said, I quote... Tell Gary Dorn to stop to stop saying that he was on the county team. <laughs> when did I ever say I was on the county team? I only <laughs> relaying the message I got from from a fan. So All keep right. the keep the fan messages coming. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. I was in the panel for we'll say two months. Well, you've got your you've got your message now, Gary. So <laughs> there's no need to double down. Right. <laughs> well, moving swiftly on. Uh, this week we chat with former Wexford star Malky Travers and former Tipperary and Dublin star Rhino Dwyer to dissect this one for us. So you, you two would have had a couple of uh, a few battles playing for a club against each other, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Bowden against uh, Crokes. Unfortunately, we came out on the worst side of it probably more than we should have, but um, yeah, it was, it was nice battles over the years. Two posh Dublin fellas. <laughs> yeah, I have the posh accent, all right, don't I? <laughs> For the posh clubs, like. I don't know, just the, the, the nice areas. Exactly. <laughs> and Malachi, yeah. did you ever, like, last time we had Ryan on the podcast, it was on with Andrew Shore, and there was that nice incident of uh, of Andrew against Ryan and maybe a, a high pull. Did you did you ever have to mark him and did you sort him out the same way as Andrew did? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Did you ever right? mark him? I don't think I ever marked you, but I, I, we definitely came up against each other. Like we were definitely the same area of the field anyway, for sure. Because I yeah, uh, we definitely ran into each other. I'm sure, but uh, I no really doubt that's generally what I do is run into lads. <laughs> uh, we we definitely we uh, do some um, little battles back then. Between, I'm sure yeah, the same with Wexford as well. The, that, my that early field. days with uh with Crokes. Uh, whenever we were playing against Borden, I'd be marking Nolan. I was just, it just, it just came Steve into my head Nolan. actually. Yeah, yeah, another Wexford man. What yeah. a, a head case. 
Yeah, he, he liked the confrontation anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I got on well. To, to throw... Yeah. No, as soon as the final whistle blew, he was uh, such a nice guy, but during yeah. the match, he just wanted brute force and ignorance. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was an enforcer, all right? Yeah, was, yeah. Was he a pickup artist? For a while? Yeah, he was, yeah. That do, do business need, over, do, is it? Yeah, do we need to go into it? Uh, <laughs> that's what the whole podcast is on. Yeah, we, we, yeah, just, we, yeah. we forget about the match. You <laughs> lured me into it. So the pickup artist businesses, it didn't take off then, or no? Or do we? I think Don't he know. did well from it. Yeah, I, I think he did sure. well. I don't like. I suppose there's going to be a cocky stand where I didn't have to worry because I played inter county hurling, so I never had to. <laughs> like, like what they say, like what Peter Crouch said, if he if he wasn't a professional soccer player, well, he'd be he'd be a virgin. <laughs> um, but that you could say the same about inter county hurlers, like you don't have to be good looking. <laughs> uh, right, Malachi, 19 wides to six, depending on who you're what stats you're looking at. We had 45 scoring chances, Dublin had 30. Did we throw it away? Oh, completely. Um, there's no way, and I think you can add a few more to that because if, if that if that includes the few that were dropped short in Sean Brennan's hand as well. Um, I mean, like this game is completely thrown away. There's no doubt about it. And as well, like we had three goal opportunities, didn't take either. And, um, you know, the game is there to be won and ultimately it comes down to execution. And you cannot, you cannot give up that many chances and not win the game. Like it's completely, it was there to be, it was there, the game was there to be won. And um, even from a Dublin perspective, like to even give away that many opportunities and win the game, it was an absolute steal. So very, very frustrating when, from a Wexford point when, of view. When you look at it there, like, the game last year was nearly the same storyline yeah. about all the scoring chances they had mm. and didn't put them away. So you'd wonder, have they learned from their mistakes last year? Yeah, well, the interesting thing, I was very frustrated last year as well because last year they, they afforded Donald Burke the freedom of Wexford Park and his man to match that day and they lost by a point. And there was ample opportunities for either team to won't go ahead and win that game last year and Dunn came out the right side of it. This year, they got the Donald Burke thing right you know, to to not have kind of, you know, followed it through and got, got over the line, uh, it was really, really, it's just a bitter pill really after yesterday, like or Saturday, I should say now, but it, it just was very frustrating to to have, I mean, you know, had some learning, but ultimately the amount we're conceding is concerned there because it was only a week ago we conceded 126 to Antrim, you know, another 122 on, on, on Saturday. Yeah, it's... um. It's because it puts it puts Wexford in a, in a difficult spot now, but it, you know ultimately it could still qualify because if you think about it, Dublin it's unlikely they're going to turn over either Galway or Kilkenny at the moment. I would say, and based on what we saw on Saturday, they, like if they give them the same amount of opportunities, they'll be punished heavily against those two teams. And then Wexford could play Kilkenny in the final game, and Kilkenny could be qualified for the Leinster final. So it could it could actually fall back into their hands very easily. Yeah, and I think that's what they're they're gonna to have to rely on. No, no disrespect to any of the other teams, mm. but you could nearly, and even before the there was a ball poked in the Leinster Championship, like I said, no disrespect, but Antrim and Westmead, you're nearly kind of bare uh, an awful shock. You're nearly crossing them out, and out of the four main teams, it's up to there's it, three going through, yeah. um, and ultimately it's probably down to that again. Um, I certainly think the the fact, right, you'd have to fancy Kilkenny to win the rest of their games, but it comes down to that game, and I think that's going to be the there for the taking. Um, and then will Dublin be uh ruined that chance uh, where they drew against Antrim? Yeah, that could be a costly visit, like up to um Corrigan Park, and um, mm. and it's it's a, it's a very difficult place to go. But yeah. like, no, I wasn't at that game, but from what I heard, Dublin were absolutely blessed to come away with a draw and probably should have gotten bet. Yeah. So as Wexford, we found ourselves in a very similar situation to last year where and you could nearly earmark the Westmead game last year where we had another enormous amount of wides in a match that was there for the like there to be won, like well done to Westmead on getting the draw, but Wexford nearly beaten themselves in hitting so many wides. And it leaves us in the same position where we need to win our last two games with that last game, we need to beat Kilkenny. Uh, is 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 the issue that we're not learning from the mistake? Like the shooting against Antrim was great. Um, 
the what well, scored 29 30 points but hitting so many wides against Dublin that ended up costing us last year against Westmead that cost us really a, a place in the Leinster final are, are we not learning I don't, I don't think we're learning no because like you say it's it's a repeat we've seen the pattern there okay and as well, what I think is even more frustrating, they, look, they're creating the chances. That's a, that's a positive. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, a lot of those shots, and like, you know, if they let off 20 shots at the weekend, there was actually a good few of them. They were just, I want to say hit and hope. They were, in, they were in that area of the field, so it was like they'll have a crack. And it wasn't really a, a clear-cut scoring opportunity. I think Dublin did a better job of managing their game and getting the ball into the full forward line and just building on it. And the, it wasn't as wasteful. There was some of them. And like the few into the goalkeeper's hands as well. But also it lacked composure near the end. Like it was it was a one score game at the death. And how many chances did we did we give away at that point? It just took a cool head yeah, popping over the bar. I, I think there was a bit of panic there. Yeah. You know, that and maybe maybe there, there has been scar tissue from last year missing those chances. It was kind of a case of oh look, geez, we're, we're behind by two points because we're behind by two points for most of the game. It was like, oh, we have to get a score, we have to get a score, yeah. we have to get a score. And everyone wanted to be that difference maker rather than just, I suppose you, you hear it a lot in, in the rugby matches, the international audience to stick into, especially on Radio Sullivan, sticking to the process, process to process, um, where you, you'd have to wonder, did Wexford stick to the process? Yeah, they, they probably said, look, we'll go out, we'll get as many shots as we can. Um, they, you only miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, so <laughs> it's a case of, right, if we take enough shots, we'll win. But it's a case of get play the percentages as well. You know, if if it if it's what's required is one more pass, well then do that one more pass, or just let the ball into the danger. It's a lot easier to score a goal from from five yards out than it is from fifty five yards out, sixty five yards out. You know, um, and you look at the especially near the end of the game, two lads they had in there, two man mountains, uh, with with Lee Chin and McDonald, um. You know, so yeah, you'd wonder did they learn from the mistakes? I I don't know. I I don't think so. I think they tried to rectify a few, but at the same time, nearly uh, maybe nervous. You know, um, and I'm I'm sure that did play a factor. The the, the shot selection was one thing, and some of the shot selection was was just bad decision making to go for them. When, as you said, maybe one more pass or to to try work it in. But then some of the shooting, it was just bad execution. And it, is the solution? Where's the solution there? Because it's, you know, it's the ones that they score nine times out of ten. Most of them had put them over in their sleep. Is is it as you said? Is it just nervousness and maybe last year playing on their mind or panicking? Mm, I I don't. But like, I I know I'm kind of changing the subject here. But like, working it out of defense as well. They they didn't seem as sharp as as previous games. Um, they got dispossessed a lot. Now, look, you don't want to take it away from Dublin either. Maybe Dublin were just, they were uh, hunting in packs and they were more ruthless in the tackle. But they, there was a bit of a sloppiness coming out with the ball. Um, and it's that conviction, that maybe that confidence after uh, after starting so strong against Galway and then getting based so convincingly. Um, beating Antrim by, was it four, four points they won by? Four points, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe confidence is a lot because you look back at the league as well. Like they they took a, a trimming against Clare, um. So there there's only so many of those beatings you can take where your confidence is shattered. Absolutely. But rewind back last year as well. Like you know the Dublin game. The Dublin game last year was right there to be won. They didn't they didn't win it. They ended up beating Kilkenny, and I think that cloud you know covered over some of the issues because Kilkenny were already qualified that. At that stage for Leinster final, and that got mm. us into a quarter final against Clare, where we were eight points up and didn't go ahead and win that match as well. So you bring it forward this year as well, and it is getting over the line. And it was that composure needed at the end to just clip over a score or that extra pass. But you made a good point as well, Ryan, where there was a lot of sloppiness coming out with the ball, but we started from very deep, like we played our sweeper very deep. You had to work it through a lot of the Dublin traffic. Where Dublin, on the other hand, their sweep, Connor Burke was playing a bit further out. And he was actually getting passes 40, 50 yards into Danny Sutcliffe, Paul Crummy, when he came on. They were able to get a platform much easier than we were, but they were, they were actually they were playing it a bit sharper out, out, out of the backs. And I just think that they, they managed the game a bit better, where we had to get 10 passes to get the same distance, and then the breakdown was, was always liable yeah. to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it was grand working out of the defence. Now, I have no problem with that, but when it's congested up there, and I know yeah. I was saying Crow Park is not going to be congested, but it was. It was much more congested in the the Dublin forward slash Wexford backs than it was up the other end of the field. Absolutely, and I think that that was, I guess, a criticism of the way it was set up because Dublin were able to bypass a lot of that traffic and they were hitting balls in, you know, to forwards who were, who were actually very far up the pitch. If you look at the way, where Dublin's forward line, they were right inside the 21, inside the 14, maybe. And they were just setting up the play in there and getting in after it. It took Wexford a long time to get And they hit a lot of ball away as well. Like, uh, the first three balls Kevin Foley got, they were straight to, to Gary, or to um, straight to Conor Burke on the other end. And that just sets it off on the wrong tone. And I think even just after half time, Wexford's got three points in quick succession. But Dublin won the puck out Every time, I think it was Danny Sutcliffe won the first two, maybe, maybe got a free on one of them. So their three points were, were negated by two giveaways at the other end. And again, it just, it, Wexford didn't seem to have that period where they got five or six in a row to re, just get ahead of Dublin. And I think they would have got a bit of confidence out of it. It just didn't seem to happen. It just was just struggling to get that momentum or that sequence together. And I think, as you said, it was trying to, it was bringing through that traffic. It was, and it, when it wasn't sharp, just breaking down. Yeah, I, I think when 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 Wexford started getting on top, uh, it was the last few minutes when they brought it back to a draw game, and I actually thought right Wexford have the momentum now they're going to finish stronger, um and they went they were they were more direct they weren't yeah. not even direct they they might have been playing a short pass but it was much more it was just it was simpler they were taking the yeah. simple option, um. And I really thought they were going to pull ahead and, and win by that point or two. And then Donald Burke popped up with two points, you know, to, to yeah. finish off the game. So, you know, there's there's an awful lot of questions to, to ask, but, but we won't be able to answer them here. You know, the, the only way they can answer it is the, the next day um, against Westmead and the day after that against against Kilkenny. Yeah. Donald Burke pops up to score two points from freeze, basically. Like when... When they have, we know they have Donald Burke and he's a 99 out of 100 free taker. I think the only free he didn't score was the goal. Like, do, do we really need to learn? Like, you can't give this man frees. Like, no, now, now within 80 yards, you can't because he's just, he's so accurate. He, he's lethal. He yeah. He's absolutely lethal. Yeah. Like, and we did do a considerable amount of fouling. But again, it's just, I guess, it's the frustration is there because a lot of that was needless fouling too. Like, there was, there was a period just uh, before half time there. There was with three extra fellas around the ball. Ball broke loose. Dumb fella picked it up, and three extra fellas descended on and fouled them free. And it's just that kind of frustration. And maybe it was that. I think that was a pattern during the game where Wexford were kind of over anxious. It was a bit like when they were shooting, then they were over anxious to let the shot off. And it just, it just didn't seem to have that composure just to steady the ship a little bit and just, you know, keep chipping away. And funny, like at the end of the game, it looked like they were going to get over the line. Then, I think even a couple of years ago, when you know under David Fitzgerald, they, it was they were so structured that they'll get over the line, and they're just not doing that anymore. Um, you you said they they anxious in the tackling and anxious in the shooting. I I look, you might be able to to fill me in. Is there much uh, talk down in Wexford? Do you think the, the talk from the Wexford public might be affecting the players, and that they feel right? You're going up to to Crow Park, up to Dublin. Will favour you, and I. I'll be brutally honest. I I tipped Wexford to win. Um, they're they are further along the road as regards the, uh, the brand of hurling they're playing. Um, there's a lot of rebuilding taking place in Dublin at the moment. So I, I fancied Wexford. Um, and do you think that the the talk from the Wexford public about going up and being the probably favourites? Do you think it would have affected some of the players? Possibly, possibly would have, and and I guess um, there was a lot of expectation on the game as well. Like, and I said, I actually thought Wexford would win the match well because I, I actually didn't think it was the, I thought it was you know a very ordinary Dublin team going out there. To be quite to be honest, if you think about even who was who would have lost in the last twelve, yeah, you, you look at the leaders that aren't there anymore. Yeah, so I, I thought Wexford, I thought Wexford, you know, if they tied down Donald Burke and didn't give away too many frees, they probably managed the rest of it right, and then this you know a broad brushstroke. But maybe it did. But but again, that's probably one of the frustrations as well about the match. That was effectively not our quarterfinal or a qualifier, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And we set up quite defensive and quite edgy. But I mean, it, I don't know if that was it was a knockout game, but it 
it just no, essentially was better something drastic happens it, it yeah. was a knockout game yeah, yeah. and I just I don't know if we approached it did, did seem to approach it that way but I just think as well the style of game we played again they just played into the traffic it played into that kind of danger element and you know that didn't allow us to get any kind of real foothold you know for a, for a purple patch where we really really got a hold of the game and yeah, maybe the talk of that, maybe it was like, maybe there's a level of expectation going up there because it was a case of, right, it's going into Crow Park. I thought it was a complete mistake actually moving into Crow Park. I thought it was quite naive. Yeah. That's what I said before the game. But now it looks like a masterstroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm the same. I, I was having a conversation on Saturday on the way to the game and I said, you know, why the hell did they take it out of Parnell Park? Do you know? Because like, look, there can be, you could have, 15,000 in, in Parnell Park and there's an atmosphere like there's a, there are the the crowd is in on you you have 15,000 in in Crow Park and you can hear the ball being hit you know yeah. it's just and even they, they might be trying to make as much noise as they can but there's there's not that atmosphere there absolutely um, I th- and I thought coming near the end of that game it was you know when Wexford was starting to get a bit, of, a bit of momentum if that was over in Parnell Park it would have just it would have been just noisier it would have been it would yeah. have been harder harder even for the Wexford crowd to you know to to get behind them there and yeah. I thought like I said it, it, it was fine now and like you know they, they've won the game but had they lost it, it had they lost it, it would look pretty foolish like you know bringing it into Croker but there you go mm. not sure that was really a factor in the result at all though was it you know not at all, not at all. I, I thought it would be but it turned out it wasn't I think the way Wexford played played completely into Dublin's hands because it played into that big, you know, traffic jam in the middle. Didn't try to bypass it or, you know, and Dublin did a really good job of bypassing that, I thought, you know. You know, so it was more so the style played and, and to be quite honestly, if you Wexford had played that style in, in Parallel Park, I don't think it would have been successful because it would have been even more congested. So, you know, there you go. Um, and and we, we've, we've mentioned them already, but the role of, of Connor Burke as the sweeper, I mean, yeah. that worked really well for for me, Aldunu, and for Dublin because, Against Antrim, it was clear what Wexford are doing, and it was probably in. I, I'm assuming it's a kind of reason why Conor McDonald is not starting. It's because Dara Egan is looking for two, probably more mobile guys in the full forward line to stay in nice and close together, and then break out to the to the spaces in the two corners. Conor Burke as the sweeper, like did such a good job of mopping up that those balls that went into the corners, they had to be absolutely precise and right at like. Some of the only successes that Wexford got hitting the ball in was when it was right into the corner, and that relied on Rory O'Connor to have to score basically from the sideline. Yeah, but I think the issue with that is, you know, that that is the game. But I just think it was so slow to get that ball that ball into that position. That's maybe what played in circumstances. And yeah, Conor Burke did a good job, and he's been doing it for years. And I know he's played midfield, you know, centre back, kind of, you know, in those both those positions. But like he played really well. But again. It, the fact that he was he was hitting the ball into hitting this ball into the sweeper's hand is just a no no for any any team. And at that level, you cannot do that. You either have, you have to play edges it so wide that you take him out of the game, or you occupy him with one of your full forwards, the right stand on the sweeper and try create. You know, I think Dublin managed it much better, but then Wexford played so much deeper than Dublin did. So, and if you think about Conor, a lot of his play as well was well outside the forty five as well. So he was getting involved in the attack and launching something there. We weren't doing that at the other. We were having to carry it out as far as forty-five before we thought about delivering it. I think that was one yeah, of the key difference. I, I think if sorry, I think if the transition of ball as well yeah. is quicker, I think that negates every any any sweeper that may be back. Yeah. Like unless he's back in the full back line, but then yeah. you can you can change your game plan then to to exploit that by shooting from distance. But I think it was just it was slow. The build-up was so slow that it allowed him to get in the position that he needed to get into. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, in fact, you know, whereas if you look at the Dublin, like, a lot of the ball, even like Owen O'Donnell's getting balls, hitting them 40, 50 yards into midfield, just hitting a nice low ball in midfield. And it was then the guys were taking on the Wexford backs, a lot of fouls in that area as well. But again, they were getting the ball 40, 50 yards with one, with one strike. Wexford were probably carrying that two or three passes, and it's easy enough to defend that. Mm. But ultimately, you know, you can look back and say you still created, you know, 40 odd chances. And, and and didn't execute and that, that like that's the reality you know and that, that's where I'm torn on we'll say Wexford's game plan because like, there's a lot of criticism criticism going around on social media for the game plan and the defensive structure 
but we created the chances. And I know not all of those chances were proper chances, but we created enough chances to win the game. There was elements of luck, like Carl Dunbar was so yeah. unlucky, like an inch under the bar, and that's a goal which could have changed the game. Now, essentially, yeah. it didn't. And essentially, we did hit the wides and didn't win the game. But performance-wise, like I, I, creating that many chances, there isn't like positives to take from it if we weren't in the situation where we need to go and beat Westmead and Kilkenny in our last two games to come third in the group. But, but that's it. That's it, Gary. Like you know, and that's why it's it's, it's conflicting because you know we create the chances, we execute a few more of them. There's an awful lot of positives to take from it when you think and score sixty percent of them. That's thirty points. So yeah. that that's that's brilliant scoring. But it's the ultimately when you see the result on the paper or or on the internet, the the one stat that people look for is the score, mm. um, and that's the one they didn't win. That's the most important. One of the criticisms is uh, Rory was basically on his own in the first half, it seemed to be. And I think kind of Conor Burke, it makes it easy for a sweeper when he kind of only has to cover one man, you know, he has to stand in front. But then in the second half, they seemed to bring Rory out, you know, from that area, out the field. And that's where a lot of the criticism is coming from. Would you agree with the criticism or did he have to come out from that area? I don't think he had to come out from it. Like, uh, I, regardless of whether he stayed in there or came out, I, I think what happened in the second half, they, they put McDonald and Chin in there and they started delivering, no, not all, not for all the second half, but near the end of the game, and they started delivering the ball much quicker and more or less route one. And I think that caused a lot of damage in the the Dublin backs. It, it, well, it, it freed up space anyway. So I do think that if... If they were more directed from the start, it doesn't, well, not that it doesn't matter who you'd have in there, but I think who you'd have in there would make use of it because you wouldn't, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be slow coming in. Uh, like I, I played in the full forward line and like you're, you make a run and the ball goes here and then the ball goes back over here and you're after making about five or six runs inside and the ball is still out at the 65 and you're saying just, just hit the ball in. Um, and one of the lads that was playing for Dublin there Saturday, and we've mentioned him there. Remember he asked me before, uh, what way do you want the ball in? And I said, I don't care. High or low, I don't care. Just early, early. That's all I want. Um, and I think you ask any forward what they want and just just early ball. Well, that, that's it, Ryan. And I think, you know, go back to the Rory question, where he comes out, he's probably trying to, he's probably, you know, feel that he's not getting into the game and he has to just get on a ball just to even keep himself entertained or whatever during the match. But as well, I think just that setup thing is, is, is slightly frustrating because, Owen O'Donnell was on a yellow card early on, okay? He was not tested once by someone running that. And that's a frustration yeah. because one more foul and he's gone. And they just kind of go, like, that's that's set up and, and that's implementing something in the game. He, like, Rory should have been on him. If you remember last year again, Keno Callan got the line last year in Wester yeah. Park for persistent yeah. fouling on Rory O'Connor because he took him on nearly every time. And he had him in all sorts of trouble. And... I just think again, they're like Owen O'Donnell's a fabulous, but he, he didn't have his best game yesterday. Maybe you know he's a couple of sloppy pass or whatever. But that was a time to put Rory in on him and try get in. But again, I think that goes back to, well, I suppose, a frustration from. At some stage, we should have played three in the full forward line to actually test that. Just spread them out and try isolating one on one and get rid of your sweeper. At some stage, change it up. If you feel like you're you're getting some bit of momentum in the game, change it up. But it just doesn't seem like that was the way. And again. I keep saying it, it felt like it should have been a, like a knockout mentality. And it seemed like the match just seemed to be slipping away from us and slipping away. I don't think we ever really went for it. And that's well, actually killer. I, I'm just kind of, and it might be changing the subject to another debate a little bit, but like, I know it's championship and there's three rounds of the championship gone, but it's still only what the, the, the 8th of May. Yeah. Like, for me, anyway, and I, Maybe I'm just traditionalist, or whatever. League should just be over now. Do you know, we should just be talking about the Star Championship now in, in a few weeks' time. But, like, as far as I'm concerned, the ground is still not for Summer Hurling. Yeah, it's getting there, but it's still not Summer Hurling. It doesn't have the, the Summer Hurling feel to it. And you can say the same about football as well. It's just, it's a strange feeling. It will take a little bit of time to get used to the new championship. And I, I wonder, does that have an effect on the atmosphere? Um, with the crowd going to the game, the crowd is what makes, like, I suppose it's, 
the vicious circle. The the players have to give the re, the crowd a reason to be cheering and to be shouting abuse at them, I suppose. But then the the crowd have to bring it as well and and really show that they're there um and bring the the, the atmosphere to it and then the players will feed off that. But I don't think, bar the, the tip Cork game the weekend, I haven't seen any game in Horner football yet this year that, that has that championship intensity to it. Or yeah. atmosphere to it. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other side of that too is like with the quick series of games as well. If you look at, you know, there's a lot of injuries being picked up as well. So it's, it's managing your players and managing your time on the pitch. And, you know, should you risk anybody like so? That that plays that plays a big uh, a big part in 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 the in the and the sequence of games as well. Like because Wexford actually had a lovely sequence of like Galway, Antrim, Dublin, out of Westmead, and then Kilkenny. So like that was a lovely way to. So maybe it's the management of your players in that period. Too. But I agree with you, Ryan, as well. It doesn't seem to have that maybe that that speed. It's just maybe it's atmosphere. Maybe the fact that it was a small crowd in Croke Park as well didn't feed into it. But mm. um, yeah, it is kind of strange. Yeah, you just at the eighth of May or you know. Two more yeah, like three rounds of championship gone. Yeah. It's just yeah. mad. Like I tried to get the atmosphere going, but um, it was tough. What we, what did you do, Ben? I was just up, you know, up wearing my uh, Wexford hat. <laughs> he was wearing a Brazilian jersey. <laughs> I do have one. I do have one. The retro. <laughs> so uh, just for context here, right in that uh, Cork tip game, Cork had nine wides. Tip had eight. We we actually had more uh, by ourselves than both of those teams did in seventy minutes. Yeah, is it quality? Is it you know? I, I would have had a complaint over the last couple of years, right? That I think there's a lot of the teams, a lot of the games in Munster were a bit like practice matches with very little marking going on. There's a lot of shooting from 70 and 80 yards, and a poke out. Then you know we'll go back to a free man and he'll have a shot at the other end. Can't say the same this year, really. Like to be honest, which of the games have seen and um, the quality looks like it's um, it's just that bit better. But again, that's that's a horrible statistic to throw back at me, Ben. <laughs> now you're probably going to be. I don't know if it's right to ask you this, Malky. But you're obviously going to be biased on this one. But one of the other talking points is that Connor Mack didn't start. He didn't start last week. Um. When he came on, he did quite well. Caught a couple of balls, scored two points. Was this, you know, there were games in the league where maybe he wasn't working hard enough. But I, I think in championship, when you've seen him, he has. Was this a mistake, Maliki? Yeah, I think it was. Okay, and like the arguments there, like yeah, he probably needs to produce more over seventy minutes than just flashes here and there. And that, that I think, I think we can agree on that. But I think we're not setting ourselves up. To actually maximize you know his ability right and I think playing two in the full forward line like David for a couple of years played two in the full forward line he was probably marking two men at the best of times and it's very difficult to live with that all the time and so you know and to stick with that and I think he's a bit of a fall guy to be honest with you I, I, I feel like that he came on yesterday and um, he looked dangerous like he let a shot off there I know he got a point out of it at one stage but it looked like he could whistle under the bar as quick as it went over he just looked dangerous like he got on the ball and it kind of makes you think like, you know, you know, it's such a tight game. A guy like him, if it drops to him, he's probably going to score it. Okay. So that, yeah, it's, um, you can say it was a mistake or not. Like, you know, there's obviously reasons for him not playing or whatever, but uh, on the face of it now, like he's a guy who will score for you. And, and that was what let us down at the end of the day. So I definitely will start him. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go with that as well. And, Look, it's it's easy for the four of us to be talk about who should be starting, who shouldn't be starting. You'll have every lad in in the pub in Wexford or in, in the mighty ferns, um, talk about who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. But we only see him for seventy minutes at the weekend or the thirty five, whatever amount of the game that he plays. They're seeing him for a couple of hours during the week at training, and I suppose it, it's a call to you to make, and I suppose. You've seen every man, a lot, lots of managers through the years that are, are too loyal to players, and lads mightn't be going well at the training, but they're too loyal to players because they know they can do it well. We don't know how well lads are going at training, and a lad could be flying at a training, but then the manager will say, Right, do I go what's tried and tested, even though he's playing bad at training, and maybe I might fall flat on my face? Will I be too loyal? Um, 
So there, there's always those things that come into it. Do you go with form? If you go, if you don't go with form, then there sometimes there can be a divide in the dressing room. Then lads are a bit pissed off because they're not starting, even though they're they're playing brilliant and there's resentment there. Um, so it's a very hard, hard position for Darigan and his management team to be in. Um, I know you ask anyone throughout the the country, um, should McDonald be playing, and they'll say yeah. But we don't see what's going on at training. Yeah, well, uh, like my my thinking behind it is uh, what it looked like against Antrim was like the two more dynamic guys in Mogi and Nori in the full forward line able to buzz around into the corners, and I thought that definitely worked for parts of that Antrim game, but it wasn't working against Dublin. And whether it was the ball was going in too slow, as you were saying, that too many passes um coming out from the back, or that Dublin's tackling was too. It was more intense around there or the role of Conor Burke as the sweeper was a bit better than Antrim had played then was, was Conor McDonald brought in too late even because when it wasn't working was should it have been changed a bit quicker yeah you could you, you definitely yeah there's merit in that um, Gary but you know it's and you have like you have to play you know the game as you see it right and I would say like you know there's a couple of lads just, you know, didn't have their best games. Like, you know, like, Liam McGovern had two great games so far. Just they didn't hit the same heights yesterday. It's just, that, that happens, you know, and I just, I think maybe we could, have, we could have executed some changes there. Like, he's he's been brilliant. It just happened yesterday. Like, you know, one out of three games, big deal, move on. Like, he's probably going to start the next day. Like, you know, and I think maybe he could have been brought in earlier, but I go back to it. I still believe the way we're playing is quite, it's quite, we're overplaying the ball a bit. Yeah. And it's slow to get in. And like, and as well, I think we're actually kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Because I think Lee Chin is much better further back the field, carrying the team with him going forward and bringing the energy and just, you know, turning us over, going the other direction. And I just think by having him in full forward, there's too many long periods of the game when he's not involved. And he's our best player. He's the, he, he, he brings the crowd with him as well and he brings the, the, the team with him, whatever. And I just feel he's too easily taken out of the game when he's sitting in there by the way we play, if we were just, by the way, I'm not going back to the complete traditionalist where you just get it numb, but like, you know, we play, play intelligent ball into him. It just wasn't there either. Like, so then he, like Rory had to come back out looking for the ball. So again, like how many times did, did Chin get it on the inside? And I'm talking well inside the 21, probably didn't. So again, that, that that's frustrating, right? And it's very easy for us to sit here and pontificate about who should start and who's going well and whatnot. But like, Hindsight's brilliant, and you could say, you know, should McDonald have been? But if we clipped over two points either side of half time, you know, we win the game, and that's the reality of it. Like, so it could be a moot point, really, you know. It would be nice to have like a, a Jake Morris. I could see it the way um, Mikey Dwyer's goal chance there, just like yeah. a chance where Jake Morris has it every time, and he bounces it in front of the goalie, never misses. I just felt he could have taken it on a little bit more. He like the, 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 it was like the. The Dumbfell was reaching for him. If he just showed him, you know, showed it's very easy again. We're sitting here, right? But it just he could have t- taken it on Sean Brennan. Like you know, you can't just hit pot shots at Sean Brennan either from that from that distance. He's probably going to stop them. But I think more so the very last second of the match, Kevin Foley was running through. He like got the ball broke to him, and he stepped outside. If he'd have stepped inside, Sean Brennan was going to pull him down every time. You know, so like those there's just fine margins especially when you come out the wrong side of it like you know we could have had like Ben or Gary mentioned earlier on called them bar shot off the bar an inch below it you're a contender for goal of the year and yeah it's just um, so many chances there seems to be a recurring story though unfortunately it is it is yeah I think you know Gary mentioned their execution like you know it is a recurring uh, it is a recurring team and you know, you're not going to win those games you know, at that percentage, right? You're, you're going to hit wides, all right? But that percentage of wides is just, that's it, you know. Ryan, how do you feel about this? Like, what, what we're trying to tell you is that we're better than Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we lost we should, the last We should have bet hey? Dublin last year and we should have bet Dublin yeah, this not, year. Not better than Dublin on the scoreline. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Beating them um, once since 2009 in the championship. Oh, oh. That, that must hurt. That that play we are better than you. I just got to say, I was I was playing that day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't Mark and Ryan or anything? No. No, I wasn't with Dublin in 2009. You hadn't hadn't been converted yet? No, actually, sorry, did I? I don't think I've ever been bet by Wexford. 
representing Dublin. Just want you know. to drop that in there. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, we can edit that bit out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah look I, I don't know I think if you go player for player I think and like, like I said already I think Wexford are further along the line of development Um, Dara Egan and his management team is their second year there they should know what their best team is they should know what their best panel is now they have been crucified by injuries Um, and you saw during the league there in a couple of league games are missing probably six, seven, eight starters. And you know, you, you might get away at that if you're Limerick. You you won't get away. And I'm not saying there's not anything wrong with, with Wexford and their 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 depth. I just they don't no team has has the depth that uh that's that exactly can. what you're saying, Ryan. Well, yeah, but I was trying to <laughs> dig myself out of the hole. Um but like the I just think Wexford are further along that line of development than Dublin. Wexford should have been beating Dublin. Um, especially when you look at the players that that Dublin have lost uh over the last the last year. And you could go back further with Keeney and, and everyone over the last two, three years. Um, they have lost massive players and, and massive um leaders as well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so they 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 have to be disappointed. They they really do have to be disappointed with the the way it has played out. The separation basically was the goal. The only free that Donald Burke didn't score. Um, from a Wex- It was a great goal by Keno Sullivan from his point of view, but from a Wexford point of view, probably wasn't the best goal we've ever conceded. Uh, as a cornerback, Malachy, what are your thoughts? Goalkeeper, cornerback, who should be dealing with that? Yeah, it looks like a bit of indecision there. Um when it looks like your keeper's caught in no man's land, you just wonder, was it his ball at all? And opportunism from Keno Sullivan just to get in between them. And that, that's what it looked like to me. It just didn't seem like anyone really owned the, the ball going in there. And it was just that, that you know, funny area between the edge of the square and in the square. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, from a dumb perspective, it was a great opportunist goal, but I think it was a disappointing one for us to concede because did, did the keeper have a shot to say about him that? I don't think he did. I, I think it was very naive defending, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he was going up to, to play the ball or contest the ball. I can name many lads that you played with Maliki as well, that with Bowden, that the ball is coming in like that. They've they they'll pretend they're playing the ball, but they've no yeah. intention. They just they just want to make sure you don't get a touch on it. Um yeah. and that that's cuteness, that's the, the dark arts mm. um that that you need for that level, you need for intercounty level. Yeah, like you, you, hundred percent agree. Like I think it was a bit of, you know, you needed someone a bit more cynical in there. But he shouldn't have been allowed a free run in there to actually contest the ball. Like mm-hmm. as, a, like any back, keep him outside you and don't let him get a run in on top of the fellas. As you say, you can spoil him, do what you want. But for him to get a clean touch at it like that, like it was almost like they were all playing ball in that area. You know, you need someone to dominate it, but you need to keep your cornerback out like that, or your corner, your cornerback yeah. needs to keep your forward out there. And that is that's like fundamentals. But again, it's just it's a lapse in concentration too because it looked like it's a drifty one. Keeper might get it. It just again indecision. No one owned it, and and Keno Sullivan slipped in. It was a disappointing one uh, to, to to concede because it, it had a huge impact on the game. It gave them the cushion as well. Um, you know, for a long period of that game that we just couldn't. You know, Wexford couldn't get level or ahead, and that was a that was a huge, you know, burden for them to carry as well. Where where Dublin just had that comfort always. You know. I think that goal came, I can't remember the timing of the goal, but I think it came shortly after Cahill and Barr's um, shot. Am I right in saying that? Either way, both huge, huge kind of moments in the huge game moments. as well. Yeah, huge yeah. moments. All Wexford's goal chances didn't score any. Dublin, you wouldn't have even called it a chance and Keane yeah. Sullivan managed, to, managed yeah. to score, you know. And your line were better. <laughs> I promise you, I promise you, I promise you were better. <laughs> uh, look, I, I look in being a conscious base, but I, I think Wexford are, um, they're a better team than they're playing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and there, there's no denying that. Like you saw, they look. It's, it's not as if they won Leinster twenty years ago. Like they won it was four four years ago now. Um, like they they should be doing better, and it's not as if. Now look, I know I maybe I'm critical of Davy, but the, there there is a lot of miles on those legs where Davy hasn't trained. But at the same time, 
there's an awful lot of experience there that that should be getting over the line. You know, when you look at the experience in the Dublin setup there, right? You've you've Owen O'Donnell, Dan Sutcliffe, Danny. Oh yeah, sorry, Danny. And then after that, there's there's only two and three years experience with Lala yeah. Paddy Paddy Smith corner back. Yeah. Is experienced and he's real leader. Connor Bork, well, he's only really there since. Yeah, but you lost Ronan Hayes too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was probably a blessing because uh, Paul Crummy coming on for him, he he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he played well actually. Dublin's forwards won a lot of aerial ball too. Did yeah, yeah. It was a great platform for them, like you know, because like yeah, anytime Wexford got a score, like just that, that period just after half time, Wexford really trying to get back into the game, like you know, Chin got a couple of frees. I think maybe the Simon Dunn who got along, you know, but they were yeah. conceding the point straight away at the other end. Like and Danny Sutcliffe won a couple of great, you know, puck outs, won a free at the back of it. You know, just they they seem to just be able to and if you look at it as well, Sean Brennan really made use of the long puck out much more in the second half. So uh, like tactically or otherwise, they had the platform in the right area to pitch. And what's the come off every time? Like they really, really that that period of time they just kept Wexford at arm's length, I thought, which was um which was huge because you know, if Wexford could have got ahead just to start the second half. I think, you know, they could have just, they're just like a team that's lacking that bit of confidence. They're just not going, you know, they're not, they just don't seem to have that co- cohesion because they're not getting that, you know, one five on the trot. They're just getting a point and then seeing one a point. They're just hanging into games, you know. I don't think they've recovered. Confidence hasn't recovered since that Clare game. Yeah, but, but Ben, uh, like that Clare game, right? If you think about it, Clare have beaten Mike in Championship. Um, I'm going to say, had they beaten four times in championship in the last five years, years, right? I just feel that that was a key game in the league itself. That Clare were coming to Wexford, and look at obviously that Wexford had trained very hard that week. They were missing a few players, like you know, like yeah, I know Lee Jim was injured at the time. I think Lee Ryan had a had an injury at that time as well. Like they were down a few players, but like they, I don't feel they gave that game enough care, and like. Claire absolutely tanked them that day. Like, and I when you say, Claire, Claire were coming into that game as wounded animals because they yeah. were after the, the week before got bet by Limerick, and I swear to God, it was a slug's pace to the game. There was no, yeah. there was no cut in it. So yeah. I think they were coming, and there was a lot of negative negativity around the Claire team. So I think they were coming with a point to prove, mm. um, to Wexford. Yeah, but I, and I think it set things off in a very, very bad kind of sequence then from like, from there on, right? Because a lot of question marks was it was a it was a hype, and it, it looked it was clear they had obviously you know focused on their a heavy week of training or whatever they'd done, but they seemed out on their feet that day and they were just absolutely exposed and it, it just happened, been on the end of itself or whatever like, but it does happen. But I just think in the circumstances that Clare game then just set the tone for a while. I know they played better in, against Cork, but there was always going to be a bit of a kickback because they got their players back for the Cork game and they, you know, they performed better that day. But again, at the end of the league, you want to be kind of getting your team on the pitch and getting some momentum to come into the championship. And now, uh, go back to your point, point Ryan, as well. It used to be a five or six week gap between the, the, your last league match and the first championship match. So, you, you know, you were really trying to at least end the league on a good note. I think Wexford were still searching for themselves at that stage. So, yeah, yeah it's well, definitely a t- team under confidence. Yeah, and look, Babs Keaton always said that your championship team should be playing your last league game, um, to just to to build that momentum coming into championship, um. But yeah, they just, I don't know, like you'd wonder, and I, I suppose I've made reference to it all well already. Like, what is, and you'd be able to answer this. Like, what is the the Wexford public like? Do you know what are they? What well, I suppose. Look, going back to a point after after the the Clare game, I think we everyone saw that Wexford don't have the depth that you would like them to have. As Wexford lads, you'd like them to have depth. They didn't have the depth. They're relying very heavily on two, three, four, five players, um, and you'd be able to name those lads straight away. But then after that, hiding. They come back, yeah. They win a few league games. They they get bent in a few, but their day to day lives. They're going down. They're going into the shop for a, a roll, whatever, or banana, um, because they they're into county players. They want to be healthy. They're going to pe- meet people that that they know. What is 
the the language being used by those people that they meet is it going to be negativity there's only so much barrier mentally very strong there's only so much negativity you can listen to until you start believing it yourself you know um so what what is the the Wexford public like and their their attitude towards the team just judging from social media as far as I can see most of the negativity is directed towards the manager right yeah it's it's that's a difficult one but I think uh Ryan I think the Wexford public are ultimately optimistic you know every year we're going to win it like that's it well the one thing I will say about Wexford lads that I know and there's a few head cases that I do know (laughs) They are passionate. They are yeah. so passionate about hurling, um, and it's it's just it's their, for a lot of lads. It's their life, you know that yeah. that it's it's nearly more important than than their life, you know, um. So yeah, it's it's a strange one to be in. It's I feel sorry for for Dara being in this position now because, you know, he's it's his second year there. Sometimes you you get a bounce your first year and then your second year it's about building on that and not letting standards slip and you'd wonder has he fallen into that that trap of letting standards slip possibly now I know, look he, he has not been lucky with injuries I think we, we can easily say that um, but at the same time it's about managing what's there in front of you and has he managed it as good as what he'd liked because like when you think about it he, he's done his apprenticeship he's done that with with, uh, with Liam Sheedy um. Mick Ryan was involved. Uh, Eamon O'Shea's done a lot with him. So he's done a lot with hurling masterminds. Um, but it's about managing himself. And just looking at there, I don't think he's translated that as as he would have liked. Yeah, as well, Ryan, when you think about it last year, and I think, you know, the Western Republic, you know, were kind of like, you know, new manager, you know, he got a pass, right? This year, I think now all of a sudden there's pressure on him because, mm. you know, last year it was kind of like, you know, it was post Davy, you know, new manager, where are we going? What direction are we going? And he was trying to continue on from that. And he gave a lot of lads new starts. He, he did, like, to be fair, he's, he is, he has tried to get new faces on the team. And that's, you know, credit where it's due. Where now all of a sudden, you know, even think about it, you know, the Galway game, we got a good start. Galway are in a better place than we are. You know, they're, they're, they're more depth. So even losing to Galway, there was no real, I don't think question marks are out there. Antrim was a big, got over the line, but you won. But now all of a sudden losing to Dublin, I think, you know, and people are starting to really question him. But I think, you know, he didn't take any shots, did he? You know, um, I, I don't think the, you know, the, the finger can be pointed at him right now, you know, I really don't. Yeah. We've got two games left, Westmead and Kilkenny, both in Wexford Park. Are we going to get the two wins and make it through to a quarter final so that Clare can beat us at some stage? <laughs> Hold on, Gary. Those two wins we... would bring us to a preliminary quarter final. Sorry, a preliminary yes. quarter final. Where you play awfully, is it? Or... One 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 yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think we can, yeah, absolutely. And we like it as well. Wexford had. You know, we've this bunch of Wexford players only have a good record against Kilkenny as well. And I think as well, which which could be important is I think Kilkenny will be in the Leinster final at that stage. So for them, it could almost be meaningless if they're going into Wexford. But I think we could do it. There's no reason why we can't do it. Um, okay, past Westmead, first of all, but you'd imagine you can do that. Like, okay, they've shipped a lot of scores in the last in the last couple of games. Confidence is probably fairly low. And I think just that 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 Wexford team can can seem to rise themselves for Kilkenny more than any team and um, so yeah there's no reason why we can't I think looking at the, the next two games yeah you can't be taking your eye off the Westmead game um, I think that's the most important and then when hopefully if they, they win that they, they reassess for the Kilkenny game but I think there is the, there has to be questions in the Wexford management head um, any lads that are let's say borderline injury do you chance them for the Westmead game, um, but I, I, I it's Lens is going to finish on a high anyway, um, with all the the last games meaning something, um, because the the last game if, if it goes the way the the betting would be, you'll have Antrim and Westmead playing the last game. Whoever gets bet will be going into the relegation. You have uh, Galway and Dublin in Croker. Whoever wins 
you'd imagine will go through to a, a Leinster final. Um, and then Kilkenny possibly qualified already against uh, Westmead or against Wexford playing for a Northern quarter final. So, you know, it, it is exciting times. Um, and, so. and how do you feel about Dublin? Do you think that they have it in them to cause upsets against either Galway or Kilkenny and really shake up the the order? Um, against Kilkenny, I don't think so. Um, I can't see it happen. It's down in Nolan Park. It's just, I, I can't see it happening. Um, I can't see the complacency coming from uh, Kilkenny's side. Um, and especially after Dublin beating Wexford, uh, that's the motivation that that uh, Derek Ling needs um, to hit them with. And the Galway game, the last day in Crow Park, I think Crow Park will suit Galway. I know I said that, that uh Crow Park will suit Wexford more than Dublin, but I, I think will suit uh will suit Galway more than more than uh Dublin this time round as well. We do have another game coming up this week. Uh Wexford under twenties play Kenny on Wednesday night in Nolan Park. Can we do it, Maliki? That's gonna be interesting because of the first game, do you remember the first game then in Wexford Park? They played pretty well that day. Like I know Kenny were because I remember even listening to uh Michael Walsh, he was commentating for um, uh, Kenny KK or FM or whatever it is. And didn't seem that, you know, fussed about the result at the time. And I was just thinking, like, that was a good result for Wexford. But we're going to have to then beat Kenny twice in the same championship, which is always difficult, right? And I think they're going to have a couple of lads back that day. They, they, I think they were talking about missing with five that day. I think it's a big ass to go there and beat them because you're probably going to have a couple of lads coming down off the senior team. I think the first was Billy Drennan injured the first day, didn't play. Hopefully he's still like, injured. Yeah, like so, like it, look, it's a big ask. Don't get me wrong; it's a big ask to go back there and have to beat them twice. No reason why we can't do it. Like we've, we, we definitely, you know, in the last couple of years, definitely that um, we performed better against Kilkenny in 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 in, uh, in underage. So absolutely no reason why we can't do it. And Keith Rosser's his head screwed on. Like you know what I mean? He'll, he'll have his homework done as well. Um, so I think we're in a great shout there. Just trying to have a look here to see if. Drennan or Timmy Clifford was the other one. Yeah, Clifford didn't make an appearance against Antrim, so he's free to play. Yeah, yeah I was looking at that as well. And then Connor Foley on the other side didn't make an appearance for Wexford. Yeah. Okay, so most of the, the teams would pretty much have, you know, to be no no one actually taken from the that senior team played. Both teams will be on injuries. And the the round robin stage of that was a bit of a if there was ever shadow boxing, I think that was shadow boxing because there was no jeopardy. All yeah. four teams were making it through, so this is this one will count. But hopefully, Keith Roster and and the crew were holding some something back, and they have extra to show. Yeah, hopefully, a clean bill of health as well. Like, because you know they went to Dublin that day, and they, after beating Kilkenny and lost that game, so again, that, that probably might might trim their kind of um, let's say uh, any overconfidence they might have had. Like, you know what I mean? They 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 they, they and they, they played well the last day and got results. So. Hopefully, and it didn't sound like you know. I heard Keith, inter- Keith interviewed after the match. It didn't sound like they got any injuries or any injuries concerns coming out of that. So yeah. hopefully now that they'll um, they'll just uh, turn up now and then, and with the benefit of those games behind them and give it a good lash. Thanks very much, Maliki and Ryan That's for nice. for joining us. No bother. No I, I I always have time for Wexford lads. <laughs> Enjoy that. Thanks, lads. Thanks, thanks lads. Yeah. No bother. Matt Johanan trying to buy himself a bit of space. Thanks very much to Malachi and Ryan for joining us. Difficult game to talk about, I suppose, from Wexford point of view. And you know what else is difficult to talk about, Gary? What's that, Ben? Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Shane. Uh, I arranged to meet Shane Tompkins for a point in the Crow Park Hotel before the game. And while we were there, he got in, happened to get into conversation with another fella about Flat Earth. And the argument started anyway. And myself and people who are with, I was with, we were like, okay, we're going to head in. We'll talk to you later. And um, 
after the game, we said we'd meet. I'd meet Shane again for a pint after the game in the exact same place. And when we came back, he was still there arguing with this fella about flat earth. There was actually steam coming from your man's head. He was. <laughs> he wasn't having it. <laughs> oh, oh, it was tough. It was tough. I didn't want to get involved now. Oh, you're right. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. Oh, boy, Oxford. All right, Wexford. <laughs>